0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is The Baggies broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. Uh, it's season four, episode 16, and as ever, I am joined by a man who is, is super excited about a Derby Day clash against Wolves, Mr. Joe Massey.
1: How long does it take you to come up with these intros, mate? Uh,
0: so what I do is I sit down at my desk uh, in, my, in my office at home.
1: Is the answer Two I- minutes.
0: It's less than two minutes.
1: I thought so, mate. I thought so. I thought so. Sometimes I put
0: more thought into them <clears throat> when I can think of something smart, Alecky. Other times, uh, I, I, lo- I look back over your Twitter feed, just try and remember some stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I could have maybe, I could have maybe done that today. I could have said, i um, a man who refuses refuses to brings to bring Jesus." I can't even get my words out. Refuses to bring the drinks uh, when I'm at a game with him. I could have done that, but I, I, I thought, why not? Just 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 look forward to the Derby day.
1: I am looking forward to the Derby. I am damn nervous about the Derby. I've got to be honest. Um, I don't want to lose to Wolves. I really, really don't. Um <clears throat> oh, I'd be awful. Um, but yeah, apologies if I didn't get you a drink. I mean, I'm saying I stuck to social distance in rules. Um, it
0: was a fair defence. It was.
1: We're in, the se- we're in like, is it the second wave? I don't know if it's the second wave or not. But this is a new variant, mate. We've got to be strict. But then you're, you're knocking me for not getting you a drink.
0: It was more just for banter. <laughs> right. I wasn't even like, particularly thirsty, to be honest. I had I had my 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 lemon iced tea sat there waiting to be drank, and I just thought he's gone and got a drink, and he hasn't even offered. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna out him on Twitter, and then you outed me for, for 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 tweeting about a brilliant goal with a brilliant short corner and a brilliant pass and a brilliant kick off afterwards, and it was just all brilliant.
1: It was all brilliant, mate. <laughs> such a wordsmith, aren't you? You got such a variant like a variant. Right. <laughs> a varied vocabulary. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I,
0: f- I forgot my thesaurus. You did. You did. Uh, but yeah, uh, how was it? How was Blackpool outside of the game, Joe? The drive down. I mean, we had it. We had a chat about it, you know, between ourselves. But I think the listeners would like to know.
1: Well, it was a dream drive down. There's sometimes you get the feeling when when I get to games that the day's peaked. So when we went to Newcastle, um they put us so they put us in a box i've never been in a box in my life really to watch a game i've never like been i've never had that opportunity really i have certainly never paid for one mm, and hospitality. i've never i've never been part of a company that's given Do you know what i mean because sometimes people get it through work and stuff don't they um mm. but i've never watched a game in a box got to newcastle they put us in a box um literally could watch the game inside if i wanted to um there was like Tables out with drinks and stuff, TVs on the wall, loads of people, I thought, wow, this is amazing. But sort of knew as soon as I entered that box that the only way for the rest of the day was downhill. Um, yeah. And lo and behold, that proved to be the case when we conceded after 19 seconds. Um, <clears throat> and then Blackpool, kind of similar, really, because Saturn Nav was saying it was going to take about 20 minutes longer than it did. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't me breaking the speed limit, I think that was just based on the fact that it was assuming we weren't living in a COVID-19 era um, because there was just no traffic on the road really, which is strange really, because there is a lot more traffic on the road this lockdown than the first lockdown, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it's weird. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this. I was on the phone and he was saying... I went to like get some, get my shopping and it was ramming. There was road, there was cars all over the road. I was like, that's funny. Cause I just got, I I just came back from Blackpool yesterday. Obviously this is on Sunday. I was like, there wasn't a car on that blooming motorway. I had free rain.
1: It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
0: did you get a stick of rock? Did you stop off? Cause you kind of, you kind of left me to, to swallow the video. I'm not like, I'm not blaming you for that. There's no banter here. Uh, Cause you know, you, 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 you'd been, you got there before me. I pulled up, you were already there. And you left a little bit before me because i had to get the video out i figured you'd just stop by maybe the tower uh maybe see if there was a stick of rock available somewhere
1: no mate i was never i wasn't stepping into blackpool again of how cold it was i was just absolutely delighted to be in my car and oh, you say mate. i left you after the video but you once you had done that video you were finished for the day when i come home I had about three hours work still today yeah so i true. did i did leave you 10 minutes earlier before you left but you can't knock me for that mate
0: I'm not knocking you. I said, I like you, you you got there before me as well. I thought I'm making good time on my
1: way up um and you rocked up in your absolute gangster wagon It's not a gangster wagon I don't know mate it's pretty gangster
0: Cheers mate so it, it, I did get a new car during during uh, uh duringfield splashing pandemic. the cash uh, not not particularly i've made, I made savings savings which have been reinvested.
1: Uh, lockdown savings.
0: Yeah, I don't pay for train anymore. That gi- that gives me like a little bit of extra cash to to pay each month for a car, and I've 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 gone and committed to it now. I mean, but, when um, I first
1: saw it, I was thinking you were fiddling the books the way you're fiddling your annual leave, but oh, that's that, a claim. That's a claim. Unbelievable. <laughs> but that does make sense. That does make sense.
0: Shh. I'm pretty sure important people listen to this podcast, mate.
1: <laughs> if they did, <laughs> you'd have been long gone. <laughs>
0: Uh okay um before we get onto the the game against Blackpool because we're all really looking forward to talking about that. Um are you, are you ready for the for the big one this weekend Joe the the big one because you know for a lot of people Albion Villa is seen as a derby and I think particularly in the older generations for both Villa and Albion fans they see that as the big one but nowadays it is really it's a black country derby isn't it that's the big one wolves
1: it's the big one for me but as I've said a million times on this podcast that's because i hate wolves um <clears throat> but yeah i'm really excited for it i mean the only th- I, I mean i've probably said this in the video after the game but we we need we need a massive turning point that's the truth <laughs> of it we need something something massive has to happen um for our season to turn around because as it stands a, it's been dreadful, and B, we're going down. Let's be honest; like it, it it's, it's not looking great as at this moment in time. I thoroughly believe we'll improve under Sam Allardyce once he brings in more players. Um <clears throat> let's be honest, Robert. As it stands today, Robert Snodgrass and Andy Lonergan can't keep us up. With the greatest respect to them, like Snodgrass in particular, I think is an absolute great signing. But we need more, don't we? We need We need defenders. We need a defensive midfielder. We need a striker. So. <clears throat> hasn't been great um but we need we need a moment we need need a moment when things turn around and that will come with a big win um Mm. and we've been close against some of the big teams liverpool obviously man city wolves is probably the easiest big win we can achieve on paper yeah that that is said with respect to wolves although i don't like saying that but this is as big a game as any for Albion. Like, the the, the feel-good factor it would bring would be huge. And <clears throat> they are struggling a bit. Um, there's no doubt about it. Raul Jimenez is an absolutely massive loss for them. Um, and they haven't been the same, really, since he got injured. Do it, should they have enough to win the game, personally? Unless we make a couple more additions this week, which hopefully we will. You'd say they they do have enough to win the game still. But... Um, it's a massive game and there needs to be a turning point. And hopefully we said it, um, <clears throat> I think I said it in a video, I'm not sure, but what we know is Jake Livermore called a team meeting on the pitch after that Blackpool loss. Mm. Um, and he must have said to the players in that, we have, I've got no idea what he said, but he he must have said, this is the low point of the season, chaps. This is This has to be rock bottom because it's been dreadful. And we've just been dumped out of the club, deservedly so, by a league one side. This is where, where it stops. Um, he must have said that. And from what I understand, Allardyce really, really laid into the players at full time. He was quite calm with the press. He always is. He's very sort of um, <clears throat> friendly with the press, upbeat. He likes to sort of get his personality across and have a bit of banter, really. But and he said sort of what he said in the press he was quite calm there but from what i gather he wasn't calm with the players um he was mm. absolutely livid um so I'm, I'm just hoping it's a turning point Really, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the derby because i'm waiting for a big the big moment in albion season when things turn around and this is this is as good a chance as any for it to happen um so fingers uh, crossed it does happen because I think we deserve it because it's been a long old slog so far.
0: <clears throat> it, it certainly has. i tell you what, imagine a snotty 93rd minute winner.
1: Ah, oh, amazing.
0: Imagine the scenes. Um, and one other thing before we, we're going to get right onto Blackpool now. Uh, we're going to be joined by the, the enemy today, Mr. Massey, aren't we? And uh, the, the other Joe.
1: a Dirty Dingle.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Edwards are uh, uh, the Wolves correspondent. You don't want to say that, do star.
1: you? So you're just going to leave it to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) I'll take a for it. He'll be joining us uh, later on in this podcast to to preview that game. So um, that should be a good listen anyway. Um, Right, okay. Uh, FA Cup action. Blackpool 2, West Brom 2. After extra time, 3-2 on Penners 2. The Seasiders, a poor season gets all that worse, doesn't it, Joe?
1: Yeah, um I don't know how much analysis we have to go into really. I mean, I think everyone knows what happened. Um Poor poor display really from Albion. Look, the truth is, um they did dominate the ball um in that first half and in the second half. In the 90 minutes they dominated the ball. I always thought sitting there watching it they would win the game. Yeah. Um the performance wasn't as sort of as it was the performance wasn't as atrocious as the result. Um yeah. But it was still very very bad um, they sh- there's absolutely no doubt they should have been winning that game comfortably um, I think everyone got it wrong um, um, really Sam Mallardyce played without a striker um, Batea's prayer in a false nine and it didn't work really, Albion was so missing the nouse and experience of a striker in that game they just kept getting in around, in and around the edge of the box and Moves kept breaking down. It, it, there wasn't the right hold-up play. There wasn't the right movement. There wasn't the right link-up, um, and that would all would have come with a, with a centre forward. And I got no doubt of how Robson Carne, if Carlin Grant, if Callum Robinson, or if Charlie Austin even had played that game, um, Albion would have won it. But completely understand Aldice's reasons for not doing it. He didn't want to risk Callum Robinson. The last thing he wanted to was to go into the Wolves game without a recognised striker. Um, and Kyler Robinson is the only fit senior recognised striker he's got at the moment. So I can understand why he did it. But also I think the bottom line is, while, while that while that is obviously a slight criticism of how Allardyce set the team up, it shouldn't have mattered. I genuinely, genuinely believe it should not have mattered how he set them up. Because the, the 11 players he picked should have had more than enough ability to win that game, whatever mm. formation or system you put them in. I'm massive on formations and systems. And even I think the system was irrelevant for Blackpool. Absolutely irrelevant. Um, <clears throat> the loss is on the players. They should have... They're Premier League players. Um, and they should have shown that Premier League quality and they, should have, and they should have won the game. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, you kind of touched on Pereira there. He's not, he, he's not a false nine, is he, at the end of the day. Because you could see he wanted to get involved in the action he was dropping deep and there's no one there then in that penalty area like you can have you know players whipping in crosses um you can you can have all this fan like you know nice possession but if you've got no one in that penalty area to stick it in you're you're relying on someone scoring a worldie or i mean as as they did with with a scoring from like a header and it just didn't work did it pereira <coughs> needs someone in front of him he desperately needs someone in front of him, or he needs to be on on that right hand side cutting in, where he can he can kind of cause problems, and it just didn't work. And it kind of he looked bright in moments, but ultimately his penalty at the end it kind of summed up the performance, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Pereira was necessarily. I don't think he had a bad. Not, he didn't have. A, he was one of Albion's better players on the day. Yeah. Um, not saying much. I mean, I gave him a 6 out of 10 in the ratings, and that's, that, that was all he deserved. No one deserved more than that, and they really didn't. I think like the, the way the system is, um, you've got to get support, haven't you, to a false nine? It's as simple as that. Like he, and, and Albion did really try and do that. Um, uh, there was different stages when I was watching him do it, and there were spells in the first half when Kamal Krizicki, Conor Gallagher, Jake Livermore, Philip Kravinovich I think it was those four, were all the furthest man forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they were throwing men up there to try and support him. And there were a couple of times, there were a couple of chances. I mean, Gallagher had a couple where he met crosses that were pulled back to him and he fired them both over. And, and if one of them goes in, it is a different game. It doesn't look like such a, a bad plan then. Um, but the truth is Pereira wants to be playing that killer ball, doesn't he? He wants to be playing killer passes and and dictate and play, and he can't pass to himself, essentially. Um, yeah. So it didn't It didn't work, no, it didn't work. And I, and I think if, we're not going to see it again. Um, it, it was very much an experimental sort of thing just to get through Blackpool. Um, and with Allardyce probably thinking what I've just said, that really can set him up in any which way, shape or form. They've, they've got to have enough to win that game. I mean, Blackpool aren't flying high in League One, let's not forget that.
0: They're like a bagging thir- mid-table, aren't
1: they? Like 13th? They're 13th. So it's not like they've met a side that's full of confidence and, and buzzing and knocking it around like they're well this They're not. Um, did, it
0: show, did it show where Albion were in terms of their confidence, though?
1: Um, I don't know, really. They should... I don't know, I don't know, maybe. I, uh, I, if I was a Premier League player walking out against a league one side, I'd be full of confidence whether I'd lost 10 games in a row or won 10 games in a row. I mean, there is an absolute wealth of difference. I mean, <clears throat> you don't want to make it about money, but I mean, what they're on each week will be absolute pennies compared to what Albion's players were. It's a different world. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, Albion's players have just got to go out and win that game. It's ridiculous that they didn't.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a tough one to swallow, isn't it? Ultimately, I mean, the cup isn't the priority and we've discussed this. And although we said, you know, a cup run would be good and this and that, do you think it might have benefited Big Sam to maybe not throw the game, but, you know, give, give an opportunity to some of the youngsters? Like we saw, you know, the likes of Rico Richards on the bench. Would it have benefited him, do you think, to have maybe saved face a little bit because if you, if you lose that game on penalties and you're playing a number of youngsters then you can say well we played you know it was a bit of a mixed mix match squad with some, some some youngsters and a couple senior names in or do you think that he was better off just going with more senior players
1: I think he needs to learn doesn't he so while it was a, while it was a, a squad full of senior players he made eight changes mm. um, from the team that lost to Arsenal so it was it was a very, very experimental lineup, And if you go through the team, look, there's Button in goal. Um, obviously, he's not going to play against Wolves. Pautier started at right-back. He's not going to start um, against Wolves. Ivanovic and Bartley probably won't start against Wolves. I'd imagine it'll be Oja Shea. O'Shea. It was at left-back. Kieran Gibbs needs to get fit. He's got this quad problem. He needs minutes under his belt. That's why he played. Kravinovic, Allardyce needs to have a look at him, although I <clears throat> don't really know what you can learn by sticking him out on the right in midfield. Hmm. Gallagher next to him can't play at the weekend anyway because he's suspended. Livermore next to him needs minutes because he's just been back from suspension. Grzycki on the other side needs minutes. Um, Ajay was in the holding midfield role, and I said afterwards that he spoke to Neil Warnock and Ajay and Warnock said Ajay did really well through him in that in that holding midfield role at Rotherham, and I think just he just wanted to have a look at it. Um, <clears throat> Um, and then obviously Pereira in the false line. I think what, as much as it was nice to have some youngsters on the bench, the truth is they're not going to play this season, are they? Like yeah. Rico Richards. I mean, from what you hear, he's absolutely supremely talented. He's he's supposed to be. You don't want to build a kid up who hasn't kicked a ball yet. But there's undoubtedly huge hopes for him at Albion. But it was a, it was a Allardy's only been in the job five minutes, so it was a, he went to Bloomfield Road to learn about his players and just to see if. Do you know what? What if, what if they do sign a holding midfielder, but with 10 minutes to go against Sheffield United, that holding midfielder picks up an injury and they need to put another person in there? Do they go Sam Field or do they go Shemi Jai? He's probably mm-hmm. learnt from Blackpool now that you go Sam Field. Because um, I didn't think Ajayi really played very well um, in that holding midfielder. He's probably thinking, I need to throw on a winger in the next game. Who do I go for, Kamal Grzycki or Kyle Edwards? Probably both staked a bit of a claim really but obviously he'll have looked at those two and worked out where he goes next. Does he think, oh actually do I need to in a game with 10 minutes to go? Shall we play Pereira as a false nine maybe to see it out? Probably not now. So that's why he played the team he played and it was always a learning curve um, Mm. for him but it should have been a learning curve with a win at the end of it. Um, But honestly I don't put that on him. Like I said, I'd really put that on the players.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of side with you there. Is there an argument to say that fitness-wise, I, th- I think it's obvious that there have been some question marks over, you know, just how fit the players are. Not that they're, they're, you know, absolutely blowing after a certain period of time, but in extra time against Blackpool, let's be honest. I mean, the hosts looked. Like they were, they'd they'd found a second wind, and Albion looked like, if anything, it looked like they were the team looking for penalties. To be honest, it was it probably was Blackpool who were really pressing for a winner in extra time. Are there question marks over that? Do you think?
1: I have to concede, I think there are now. I didn't like I didn't like this line. It's, to me, it comes out an awful lot when a manager departs. Yeah. Um Oh, they're not like a new manager comes in and oh, they're not they're not as fit. They're not fit enough. We need to get them fitter. And
0: it's an easy thing to say about former managers, when he's not around.
1: Yeah, it feels like it, and it feels yeah, it feels very easy. But <clears throat> now, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Blackpool were fitter than Albin at the weekend. I mean. Well, i say there's no doubt about it. Look, a lot of it's mental, isn't it? Sam Allardyce said in one of his press conferences, like he said, if, you, if I put a gun to their heads, they'll run harder. They've got to work out. They've got to unlock that without me putting a gun to their heads, um, which is fair comment. And you wonder if Blackpool had the wind in their sails and they were confident and they, it meant the world to Blackpool's players. I mean, I don't know what you thought, mm. but to me, they were, they were so at it in terms of the determination and, and will to win. Um, they, without doubt, wanted it more than Albion's players on Saturday. Yeah, um, without doubt, you could really tell the way that Jerry Yates was talking to his teammates. A few of them at the back, the goalie—they um, <clears throat> were really up for it. Um, and maybe that sort of that adrenaline is what carried them through the last ten minutes. But without a shadow of a doubt, they 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 looked way <laughs> fitter than Albion in the last ten minutes of the one hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, it was Albion were it was Albion basically playing for penalties. Kyle Edwards had a chance early in the second half of extra time,
0: forced a good save, didn't he?
1: And after that, it was it was black it it was black balls black one one's pressing for a winner without a shadow of a doubt. Um, which is why it was a really really poor performance. Really. Mm.
0: shall we get on to transfers because that's what people really want to talk about?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... So first man through the door, Robert Snodgrass. What do you make of that? I think it's an absolutely terrific signing.
1: Uh, well, I I do too. Um, I do too. The, <clears throat> I said on before this 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 is this window is about way more than replacing a player with a with a better one. Um, it's a, it's about getting the right characters in. It's a right, It's about getting the people who have been in this position before, who understand the Premier League, who can do what Sam Allardyce wants them to do. It's about, it's just about as mentality as it is about ability. Um, and everything coming out of every club is that Robert Snodgrass is, a, is top notch really. Uh, everyone seems to sing his praises. Everyone seems to think he's got a great attitude, great application. He's 33 bundles of experience. Albion need premier league experience with, with the exception of Jake Livermore. Um, and Ivanovic, and let's be honest, Ivanovic is miles off it. um, there's there's next to no experience in that squad and I think he's n I think I genuinely, genuinely think he's a fantastic sign in. <clears throat> um and it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how he is used because Sam did say that he can play in a midfield three. Um on the left of a midfield three. Um so whether he's it whether he is used more centrally, um, will be interesting. I think he probably will be used out wide. Um Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I am so happy with this signing. I really, really, really think it's an important sign. My only sort of... The only disappointing thing for me is if there's one area Albion have got strength and depth, it is on the left wing. I mean, Carlin Grand Grant can play there. Callum Robinson can play there. Grady Dean Garner can play there. Kamal Grzicki can play there. Carl Edwards can play there. Ryan and Tullock can play there. Um, and now we've got Robert Snodgrass who can play there. Um, there are... There are more pressing areas. Um, but that said, I think Snodgrass will come in the team and improve it because because of his experience and, and attitude. Um, and Dean Garner can, of course, go to the right. Um, <clears throat> so that's got a lot of them, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, good signing. Very, very good signing for me.
0: It's the interesting thing that you mentioned that, putting him on the left wing, because, I mean, obviously, i, I followed Villa. And when he was at Villa, he always came. He was he was always used on the right hand side because he's got that wonderful left peg, and it's it. Honestly, I can't overstate how good his set piece delivery is. He is absolutely superb. I've I've seen some good set piece deliveries in my in in my time, but for, for, he's one of the best. I'm not going to lie to you. He's absolutely superb. And for me, when he's on that right hand side, and he. He's great at buying fouls. He's not the quickest, I'll admit that, but he's great at buying fouls, and he buys them in good areas, and then he can whip them in as well. And I tell you what, if they've got a striker who, if they sign a striker who's a, who's a and I'm not just trying to say this in a typical Sam Allardyce mod, but a big lad who can get his head on things, he could be really onto something. He's a great character, which is you kind of already covered. But for me, you either play him. Essentially, maybe behind the strikers, but I'd always, I'd always, always, always play him on that right hand side. I think if you're gonna say you're gonna play four five one or you know a four three three kind of style with Albion and with him, I'd love to see you have Pereira in that attacking midfield role, um, and then you have Snodgrass in that right hand side, and then you know whoever you want on the left side, be it garner or or someone else. I think you'd be onto something there. I I genuinely think if you stuck him there, he it, it could cause all kinds of problems. And obviously, like as as I said before, absolutely brilliant character, and he's someone who will lift that changing room. You've seen it at pretty much every club. He is loved, and it's not just by the fans; it's by the players as well. He does he finds a way of just lifting a team a little bit in terms of their mood.
1: That's interesting you said that. Maybe he will be used on the right. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't really think of that, but. Partly because Sam Allardyce said in a press conference that, well, when he was asked about signing, why he wanted him, one of the reasons was he said he he thinks sometimes players who have to check inside, he thinks sometimes chances get lost. Yeah. He likes, he like, I think Allardyce would rather have a left footer on the left and a right footer on the right. But maybe he will play on that right side. If he played there, for, I didn't know, to be honest, I've got to be honest, I didn't know he played there for Villa. Um I thought he played on the left, so um that's interesting. Very, very interesting. Um Yeah.
0: I mean he can alternate like you said. I mean, back when he was at Villa it was him and I would say Albert Adoma and they'd just kind of like they kind of choose the side. But he always seemed most comfortable for me off that right hand side, I don't know. Interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: Uh one man who's gone who won't be playing for Albion again, and it looks like his Albion career is probably done and dusted now, Charlie Austin. Uh, out on loans QPR but of course his deal's up this summer
1: yeah so Albion have got an option to to extend that for a further year if they want I think it's in their favour but well it is in their favour but that I'd imagine Charlie Austin's kicked his last ball for the club um, which yeah I mean poor money for Albion he was one of the top earners we don't know what I don't know what percentage of um, his wages QPR are paying but even if it's sort of half, um, it's, hopefully it's more. But even if it's still a significant saving for Albion, um, and probably the right move for everyone. Really, I, I don't. I don't think he'd get a lot of football, even under Big Sam. Um, he is. He, he obviously he's obviously got a real affinity with QPR, closer to his home as well. Um, mm. So yeah, look, oh, scored some big goals for Albion in the championship. He did. Um, Said many a time, I don't think Albin would have gone out without Charlie Austin. Um yeah. he, he, had a, he had a really important role to play. I don't think the, the move has obviously not worked, been as successful as everyone would have liked it to have been. Um, but that said, he did. He has played a massive, massive role in what's gone on over the last year. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure he go to QPR and score goals there.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he went there and scored goals. He had his most you know prolific spell during his time uh, there, before obviously moving on to Southampton, then on to Albion. As you said, he does leave with some fond memories, doesn't he? That blues game, I think a lot of fans look back at that and that was when the belief really started to kick in, wasn't it, that, you know, they they came, they came back and they had adversity against them, of course, Dean Garner went off injured that day. And it looked as though they were gonna they were gonna lose that one and then super sub Charlie Austin came on and scored one absolute world in and then, you know, obviously scored the other as well, and they went on to win that game 3-2, didn't they? And it's that's a game I think a lot of people look back fondly at.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it gets brought up a lot. But I think he scored other big goals, really, really important goals. Um, I think it was... A, was it a Blackburn where he scored um, after the restart? Or, oh, there were some
0: big penalties, weren't there?
1: Um, there were some big goals, um, particularly after the restart. Um, so I think... Yeah, that's what I that's what I remember him for anyway. He scored, he scored some big goals. That Blues game was amazing. Um, <clears throat> but I think I think if we're being honest, I don't think he'd admit it. But I think physically he's not really up to the demands of the Premier League anymore. Um, but there's no doubt about it. He is a fantastic finisher. And if if QPR are set up in a certain way, um, then he'll it, it, score goals for them. He, he will. No, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, was the game where he scored a huge goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Albion went on to win it 3-0, I think. I think Pereira got two goals after that, but that was a big goal um, because it came after the, the 0-0 with Birmingham. And it, it was a big goal. He scored some big goals. He did.
0: Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, and all the best to him uh, back at QPR. Another one likely to be on his way. And I tell you what, this one comes right out of the uh, the strange signings book. Jonathan Bond, third-choice goalkeeper. Uh, looks set for LA Galaxy.
1: I mean, what a move this is for him. I don't blame him one bit.
0: No disrespect to West Brom. But if you're trading the black country for LA, California.
1: Man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, I mean, he's going to LA. I mean, he has gone to LA in the same, basically in the same week it has been announced. I think it's not been announced, but it seems like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are getting a divorce. And I don't know if the two things are linked, mate.
0: You think you've got to watch next season of Keeping Up the Kardashians and he's going to be in it? I don't even know if they're filming that anymore.
1: He's a good-looking lad, Jonathan Bond. Good-looking lad. He's going to go to LA, maybe be LA Galaxy's number one goalkeeper. His profile's going to be massive. I think he could be the next Kardashian. <sighs> he's going to, he is going to have a great time out there, I think, Jonathan Bond.
0: I mean, if I the was weather's him, certainly better.
1: If I was him, I can categorically say... I would be going to LA. Rather than being an Albion's third-choice keeper, I would be going to be LA Galaxy's hopefully number one goalkeeper, definitely. Exactly.
0: Forget sitting on the bench, you know, at Blackpool. You're going, you're going, you're going to LA, Hollywood stars, um, and then Jonathan Bond with them. Of course, that has kind of uh, welcomed the opportunity to sign another third-choice goalkeeper and Andy Lonergan was announced. Um, very unlikely they'll be seeing many minutes on the pitch, but I mean he's a he's certainly an experienced head.
1: Yeah, yeah, third choice goalkeeper. Um you need them everyone buys English third choice goalkeepers, don't they, to, to sort up of, to fit their quota, that's why you end up with who have we had, like Richard Wright, Man City. Scott Carson, Scott Carson at Man City still? Yeah. Is Lee Camp one of them? Is he at Man United?
0: It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Um I think it's Lee Camp's at Man United. I'm not sure but. Or Lee Grant Lee Grant? Is it Lee Grant? Yeah. Lee Grant, is it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Lee Grant. Sorry, it's Lee Grant. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest. With the greatest respect to Andy Long um, I I he'll probably never kick a ball for Albion. You um, might be listening to this podcast, mate. Yeah, I know, I've... <laughs> <laughs> no, know. I'm joking. <laughs> He's not going to get past Sam Johnson, is he? Best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. And Put it,
0: put it this way, he needs suspension and injuries to get a chance.
1: Uh, and I like David Button. I like. I think he's all right, I do. I mean, I think... Um, like part of me thinks if... Well, I think if Sam Johnson had played on Saturday, Albion would have won the game. Uh, but that's only because Johnson is now top class and Button's obviously a, an understudy goalkeeper. But I think he's a, very, I think he's a good understudy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, good penalty save that first penalty.
1: Yeah, good penalty save. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel really bad on Andy Lonigan, but with the greatest respect to him, his arrival isn't going to determine which division Albion are in next season. I'm sorry, yeah.
0: mate. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no disrespect, to Andy, but I mean, Twitter was not you know bouncing when it was announced. <laughs> um,
1: you have going in worse than me.
0: No, it sounds bad, but I mean, he'll understand. I'm sure he knows, he, he obviously knows his role that he's going into and he's going to be there to offer, you know, experience advice to, to you know, his, his fellow goalkeepers there and obviously he's got plenty of that. Um, the big talk, of course, uh, especially after Blackpool, was, you know, about the transfer window and it's obviously January and, well, we're 11 days in, so we've got, I mean, not long now, 20 days or so. Um... And striker, that's that's an issue because obviously there wasn't a recognised one in the squad.
1: No, no, like we said, like, that's the reasons for that were the fact he doesn't want to risk um, Callum Robinson. Going... It didn't work, did it? Playing about a striker didn't work. So mm. I'd, I'd much rather we played about a striker against Blackpool than against Wolves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I'm not 100% sure really why he didn't throw in when the youngsters... Check the R B maybe. Check the R B or even um maybe delay in Windsor's loan. Um, he's gone back out on loan to Newport. Um, uh, whether it'd been worth putting him back a week um, and getting him to play in that game, I'm not sure. But yeah, it didn't work. Um, but look, what it did, <clears throat> what it did do was, uh, prompt Allardyce to say in basically like two strikers this month. Mm. Um. Which I think, if we're being honest, that uh, uh, we we need. Um,
0: yeah, now we've Austin gone for sure.
1: Um, so that is a positive, really. If Austin's move has freed up wages for a second striker, um, I think that's I think that's a good thing. I really do.
0: And he says he's looking abroad, doesn't he, Big Sam? So it's not going to be, you know, uh, it's not necessarily going to be one of the names which you would stereotypically kind of link him with in a January transfer window, will it?
1: No, he says he says abroad. I mean, obviously, the if it's maybe when he's he said that comment before Charlie Austin had left. So maybe Aust, Austin going has opened the door to maybe one at home as well. I'm not sure, but it's a weird window for links, mate. Like it's a weird, weird window. Um, I think the links have been really poor. You know, um, this window more than any other. That there's what, no what,
0: la- lazy. Do you think?
1: I hate saying lazy journalism. I hate saying it Um, because I think it's said too easily towards journalists. I think the vast majority, well, maybe I'm starting to change my mind actually, but I think the vast majority of what journalists write is they're writing it for a good reason. Mm. But, I mean, he's had to dismiss so many things. Um, Like like the Andy Carroll one. It's like, oh, Albion in a target man. He was the first target man you can think of, Andy Carroll, because he is the first target man anyone ever thinks of. Yeah. Um, let's link Albion with him. And it's just, no, it's not true. Like Allardyce has said, it's not true. Um, Cenk Tosun, we talked about on the pod last week. Again, just lazy because Allardyce once, like, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, said he was worth 27 million quid. Um, has to be said, he's done nothing to, I'm sure... Allardyce obviously doesn't think he is now, um, because he isn't. But other ones, yeah, like, like the latest one is just Josh King, um, which biz- bizarrely, I think Allardyce actually summed it up very well after um, the Blackpool game, when he was asked directly about Josh King. Yeah. Um, and he said, I don't know if we're interested. And the reason why is said he don't know because he's like, I don't think we can afford him. Like, it, it, if if um, everyone knows Albion haven't got a lot of money to spend this window, everyone has probably got a figure in their head that Josh King would be available for. It's probably more than what Albion have got to spend. Well, it's highly, highly, highly likely. But if Black, if Bournemouth turn around and go, oh, you can have him. If Bournemouth are desperate to get rid and they're willing to do a deal, then Albion probably would be interested in Josh King. But they're not. If Albin put all their eggs in the Josh King basket or spent the last 10, 11 days putting all their eggs in the Josh King basket, then they're going to end up with a massive egg on their face, aren't they? Because they're not going to, they're prob- there's, there's a very realistic chance they're not going to sign him. Um, but all these names just keep coming out at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. Just bizarre. Bizarre. Like you, can, you see it all the time. Like normally it's from abroad. Like I've seen one today in Turkey. Um, <clears throat> Albion linked with this 15 million pound player. Fifteen million oh. pounds. Or oh don't yeah,
0: bo- yeah. A Ozan two fan.
1: Don't bother reading anymore. Don't bother reading. If it says fifteen pounds, don't read anymore. Fifteen million. Fifteen pounds. quid. <laughs> <laughs> says I, think
0: 15- you, I think you're. I think you're slightly undershooting their budget
1: there. I am. I am. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Goucher and live, but I do think he would. Like, there is more than fifteen quid to spend. But. <clears throat> <laughs> but like anything like that, forget it. It's going to be it's going to be the vast the vast majority of signings this month are going to be loans free tr- or free transfers because players have had their players bought up con- contracts bought up or minimal fees which is what snodgrass was i don't disclose mm-hmm. minimal fee it's not going to be i can tell you now i would be absolutely amazed if albion spent seven million pounds on a player
0: yeah, it would, it would surprise me.
1: I'd probably be surprised if they spent £5 million on a player. So any time you read a report with that in, you can write it off straight away. Uh, to me,
0: that, that two-fan link is... I mean, he was he was literally, from, judging by some reports, he was basically on the way to Crystal Palace um, a while back. I can't remember if it was the last window or the window before. And then ended up picking up an injury which stopped a deal that they were looking to do from happening and then... Basically, he didn't get the move. Palace wanted him. He wanted the move. The money was there, but then it was taken away from him because a player they were going to sell got injured. It To me, it seems like his agent's trying to maybe relight that interest up and say, oh, but Albion are interested to try and maybe kickstart Palace into trying to re- re-get, re-go with that move, so to speak. Um...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just for... I mean, I I should tell the story i'm not really i'm not massively then over it's fine it'll be fine but oh, go on it's not that interesting it's just but i obviously when when players are linked with albion i go i speak to albion and they they sort of give me once the name's in the public domain if i haven't got it as an exclusive which robert snodgrass was by the way but if i go to them if the name's in the public domain and i go to them with it say the sun is saying we're after so and so they normally tell me yes or no it's just benef- it's no point in having false information out there really but I, that was un- that was under a previous press officer called martin swain mm. he's He's just retired and he said to me, Joe, you can come with me with any name you like, but he said just don 't come with me with anything from Turkey because everything is absolutely ridiculous the, the stuff they print is just ridiculous and if you want an examples of that they, they that was last in the last window when Kamal Griziki a, a TV station with one million followers, tweeted, I can't remember what club it was at, but tweeted that Kamal Griziki was at that club having a medical. To which Kamal Griziki replied to the tweet, no, I'm not. Like, well, he didn't say that, but I think he re- retweeted me or something, I, don't, I can't remember, but it was <clears throat> ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the stuff that's printed abroad is mental. Um... It's just got absolute, they just go for it. Um, So anything like that, I would take with an absolute massive pinch of salt, I really would.
0: Yeah. um, What about midfield, Joe? Because the one which um, people are talking about, Hamza Chowdhury, there's reports now saying that Leicester are more, you know, after a permanent move than a loan, which you'd think would probably price Albion out because unless they're, letting him go for pennies, which would surprise me, because he's not the oldest. He's still still a young lad. Um, it To me, it wouldn't make sense for Albion to go in on a permanent move. I mean, I, I might be wrong.
1: Um, yeah, I don't think they can afford him on a permanent move. Um, can't raise really say for more than that, mate, so that's my 10.30 story tonight. Oh, of course it is. Sorry, mate. That's all
0: right. What about... Uh... Mr. James McCarthy. He's another man who's, who's been linked.
1: Don't know. If, don't, generally, don't know anything about that. Um, um, didn't say. Where was that linked? I'll
0: try and track it down for you. Um,
1: um.
0: But I mean, Albion have been more kind of credited with an interest.
1: Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I don't. I don't know. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna tie information I don't know. I'll just admit it when I don't know. I don't know
0: about him. Fair enough, and I'm sure we'll get onto some questions later about transfers as well. So we'll 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 try and get some more info out of you, Joe. Don't worry. Um, but now what we're gonna do, we're gonna look ahead to to the big game before we get to your questions, and uh it's going to be with with as I said, Mr. Joe Edwards from the Express and Star. He's our Wolves correspondent. So there's gonna be me, uh, Joe Massey. And Mr Edwards uh, talking nothing but the Black Country Derby. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by not just Joe Massey, but Wolf's correspondent at the Express and Star, Mr Joe Edwards as well. Joe, how are you?
2: Hello. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, just like <laughs> you, I guess. Well, maybe not so much, but looking forward to the game. Um, I believe not uh, in those words afterwards. But um, yeah, just I think like everybody else, just a bit... Uh, Bored, you know, a bit bored, and just yeah. g- g- b- b- bouncing off the walls a little bit, going a bit crazy. But uh, apart from that, absolutely fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, pre-recording, uh, you, we we almost had a fourth guest on, didn't we?
2: I'm sure we'll make an appearance. Um, <laughs> yeah, diago the uh, the Bengal cat, yeah, uh, <laughs> prowling around in the house. Desperate to be the star of the show whenever he can. So uh, if if you do hear that, uh, apologise. But uh, if anybody out there has got a cat, I think they'll know that uh, yeah, they're not always easily controlled. No, it's not so named, not. Uh,
1: not named after Diego Jota. I feel like I should point that n- out. No,
2: it's Diego Jota. So now it's it, it's um, it was after well, his brother was Simba, obviously Lion King, and yeah. then. Uh, Diego is the Lion out of Ice Age. So, uh, there you go. Oh, there you go. There's, there's a reason for it. First yeah. time on the bag is broadcast for you, is it? Um, Yeah, I think so. Te- no, actually, no. No, I don't think it is. Did you feature on it a couple of years ago? I think I did. I think I did a game when um, Matt Wilson, in the Matt Wilson days, when Matt was away. Oh, wow. Um, I think I might have done one or two games then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I might have made a cameo somewhere, I think I've, I feel like I did 20 minutes of one podcast, um, but yeah, n- n- not a full one, not a full one of that, I
0: think. Yeah, well I tell you what, I mean, always welcome back whenever we're playing your lot mate. <laughs> um
1: Whenever we're playing your, oh, lot, I yeah, knew, I knew, I knew. I
0: knew, knew it, the moment, the moment I said it, I knew it. He's a he's a proper baggies fan now, he's like, oh, oh big time. Joe, thank thank oh,
1: you, thank yeah. you, thank you. And that we concludes
0: the, our segment with <laughs> Joe Edwards.
1: <laughs> we have this thing on the podcast. It used to be every week. We've, lockdown's not out there because obviously he's not been coming to games, and Villa have been doing well, and he sort of lost his way. Basically, before lockdown, Luke was an Albion fan. He could. He, He'd made the journey. It was all done and dusted. He was just... He was 98% there. Yeah. And then since then, he has reeled himself back a little bit, unfortunately. It's, it's simply because he hasn't been coming to games and because... I think because we haven't been doing it very well, really. But...
2: <clears throat> Glory on I've got,
1: I've got no doubt when football... Next season, when everything's back to normal, he'll, he'll complete his journey. I've got no doubt about it. And he's been to one game now, mate. And... That was it. Blackpool. It was a Blackpool on Saturday. I mean, it was a tr- dreadful game to be at, but all over Twitter, wee 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 yeah. wee 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 wee. In this podcast, wee 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 wee. He's he's already there, mate. It was it was never going to take a lot, but I'm glad I'm glad some. It's not just me saying it, is it? Everyone in the office knows he's on that journey. He's a true baggy. <laughs> he's a true I... baggy. <laughs>
0: All unadul- unadulterated lies. Um,
1: <laughs> Luke, when everyone is saying one thing and you're the only person saying the other thing, you need to look at yourself in the mirror, mate. The
0: odds are stacked against you, Luke. I'll look, Luke. At, self- look at myself in the mirror and I'll find myself wearing a Villa shirt, mate. I'm just saying. Um, right, how has the season been for Wolves, uh, Mr Edwards? Because I think for a lot of people outside, they'll have, they'll have looked at this Wolves team and they think they're not quite at the level they were. Last year and maybe the year
2: before. Yeah, it it's, it has been something of a transition, really. Um, and the results and the performances haven't been fantastic. I mean, you know, you look at the the run at the, when I've had Christmas and December and very difficult run. I mean, they've had injuries, which is something that you know, I think obviously look plays a part. But the, the the medical team had been outstanding at Wolves and still are but um, you know injuries have finally caught up with him after going two, three years with barely having any. Uh, obviously, Jimenez is out. Johnny, who has been really an unsunk hero of the Nuno era, really. He's been injured and he's been really missed. And then just a few niggling injuries over, over the course of December that disrupted things. Bolly, Dendonka, Pedence. Um, be interested to see what level... Wolves are really injury-wise going into this game. Um, Dendonka's just come back and he's, you know, his, his impact is um, can't be argued. I mean, Wolves with, without him in the team, without him starting, haven't won a game uh, this season. I mean, you could see that as a coincidence, but I think you know that obviously points to something. And uh, so at least he's back. But Bolly still feeling his way in. Um, Pedence probably. Yeah, you know, touch and go for Albion, definitely. And um, Marcel, as well, who's been a bit of a sick mount, really, ever since coming in. So, mm.
0: um,
2: you know, they, they haven't got a full quota of players available. And the and the most pressing issue, really, um, is him And and Fabio Silva, of course, has been plunged into the spotlight, really, a lot sooner than anybody at the club would have anticipated. Um, but uh, he's done what he... I mean, considering he's an 18-year-old, he's done all right. But he's 35 million quid, isn't he? So there'll be a lot of onus on him to to improve. But um, all in all, it's um, it, this, this is a game really and a time now for Wolves to really kind of try and step things up because you know I don't think they'll be in any danger or anything like that. But it's you know this could this could be a season that really kind of peter's out into nothing. I mean they got through to the next round of the cup, that's lifted spirits and they'll want to keep up that momentum there and get really a a positive run going yeah it's it's a weird one because I mean
0: heading into this game obviously it's a massive game Black Country Derby it's such a shame that there won't be any fans there of course but judging by the reaction on social media heading into the game a lot of Albion fans are worried what's what's the kind of feeling amongst you know the general consensus on on social media amongst Wolves fans because I mean, heading into the game against Villa, they didn't seem too confident and then obviously Villa managed to, to kind of nick that win right at the end. It, heading into another derby day, they won't want to lose another one, will they?
2: No, I mean, obviously I think a, a fair few are, are, are confident. Um, I think that's more to perhaps now to do with Albion's run over recent weeks than Wolves' I mean, you know, mm. Wolves' run hasn't really been one to inspire massive amounts of confidence. I think if Jimenez had That was still fit. If Johnny was in the team, if they had a full crowd of players available, I think everybody would be, you know, pretty, not certain. You can never be certain in football, but I think they'd be pretty, pretty assured and, you know, knowing if they they play well, then then they should win and win quite handsomely. But it's, um, football's a funny old game and I don't think, you know, uh, I mean, as bad as I've been been as of late, it's, um, Nothing's ever assured, and you know there is an honest on turning up on the day. I think for, for you know pretty much every Wolves player, this will be their first derby, um, and, and and that does throw into the mix. I'm sure they'll they'll, be, they'll know the importance of it, but because um, it's been so long, and and you know of course fans not being there as well, there, there is there is an element of unpredictability still attached to it. I mean, if Wolves play well, Wolves should win, but. Um, it's not always that simple, is it?
0: Yeah, it isn't. And the, the big loss, of course, for Wolves has been that of Raul Jimenez. And obviously everyone wishes him all the best in his recovery, uh, regardless of who you support after such such a horrific injury. How have Wolves kind of gone about trying to bounce back from that? Because you've seen the likes of Patrick Catroni coming back. And, and let's be honest, I mean, did he he didn't really hit the heights after that, that big
2: money move, did he? No, um, I mean, he, him coming back seemed... Un- unfeasible really a-, a couple of months ago and um, it's something that has come as a surprise they I mean th- there was an obvious need to get somebody in at- after him and as his injury and Silva he's-, he's a good prospect but he can't do it all-, all on his own especially so early on in his career mm. um, and Catrone coming back, it seemed a case of they'd look at that as a backup option, have a look at the market first and then have that in the back of their mind. But they've kind of done things the other way around. And uh, the Anis is on Cotrone now, it's a second chance. Um, you know, Nuno had uh, uh, decided first time around, he hadn't really gone right, he hadn't really settled um, with life in England. Um, but he's got a second chance, he's got a second opportunity, and this is a real... Um, yeah, a real chance to prove himself now I mean he barely had a minute at Fiorentina there was a, was a very convoluted transfer I mean there was a belief at Wolves that he wasn't even their player anymore <laughs> at one mm. point because there was supposed to be an obligation to make it permanent and then it became a suggestion of it becoming permanent upon a certain number of starts for Fiorentina and then because of that they simply stopped starting him so he was just on the bench every week and getting a couple of minutes here and there um, so He's working his way to match fitness, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the crux of it. But um, when you do look back, and I know hindsight you know it is always a, a bit of a funny thing, but he didn't have a great amount of minutes when he was first at Wolves. You look at his appearance to goals record and it doesn't strike you as anything all that great. But when you actually break it down into minutes, goal involvements in terms of minutes, it's actually all right. Mm. And that, and that's the same with his time in Italy. I, 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 Twelve appearances in Serie, a and no goals this season. But that game time only equated to a hundred and eighty minutes, so two games. So a, a goal, no goals in two games. I think any striker can easily go two games without scoring. So you know, it's um, it's not the most uh, exciting arrival. Uh, even though fans did like him the first time around, they like his passion, they think he's got something to offer. But I think, you know, we we keep going on about it, but Brexit uh, has played a part with who you can can and can't sign now. And COVID as well. Uh, I mean, I think there's a reluctance to go out and splash 10, 15, 20 million quid when you don't have for certain whether the season's going to end properly. So um, mm. uh, they've, they've taken the, the safe option, if you like, and the sensible option. It's not going to please everyone, but... Um, I think ultimately it's a player that's worthy of a second chance. I think he showed enough the first time round to say that there might be something there. And ultimately, if you don't try, you don't now, dear. Do
0: that's it. And and what's the mood like in camp there, Joe? Obviously, you know they'll have Nuno's had his presser or you know ahead of the the game they play. What is it? Is it Everton tomorrow? Everton, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say, you know, because obviously there's still a game to play ahead of the derby one. Do you think that kind of? Works against Wolves a little bit because obviously Albion have got you know a little bit more time to kind of get themselves ready, haven't they?
2: Um, I, don't, I don't know really. I think I don't think it's necessarily a big advantage or a big disadvantage. I think it's just out of the cookie crumbles sometimes uh, in terms of scheduling. But what we do now is that beating Palace in the FA Cup was much needed. It was a uh, it was you know to get that winning feeling back um, and kind of get back on the horse and keep a first clean sheet. For, for ages, I mean the, it was their first clean sheet since beating Palace at the end of October so they've gone 10 games without a clean sheet and for anybody you know who, who knows anything about, about Wolves and now, that has been their foundation, keeping clean sheets and making sure they're hard to beat and over the last 2 or 3 months have been pretty easy to beat to be honest so to get back to that and get back to those clean sheets, particularly in a back 4 as well, their first clean sheet in a back 4 which has been something that's Come to fruition over the last couple of months. Injuries have played their part, so a new system has been tried out, and they're finally signed, starting to kind of feel their way into it now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, in terms of the Everton game, we'll have to see how that pans out. But I think definitely getting a win in the cup has kind of addressed the slide, if you will, and um, definitely kind of up spirits anyway in the camp. You know, for the for the weeks moving forward now. Mm.
0: I'm interested to see what what you you make of that, because obviously, you know, it's a full it's a full week of preparation really for Albion. Whereas Wolves have that game kind of stuck in the middle, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's one <laughs> let's be honest, but with, with Albion at the minute there's not a lot you're you're very hopeful about, but that does feel like maybe that is a chance, maybe a chink in the armour maybe. Um <clears throat> the fact that it has been a mental schedule, hasn't it, for everyone yeah. since Christmas and New Year and um, yeah, I mean, that does give me a, a slight reason for optimism, but that said, um, yeah, it's not, it's going to come down to quality at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, it's going to come down to who's performs better on the day and whether Albion can up their game, basically. Um, um, but, but I do think hopefully, hopefully that will give them some sort of advantage. Um, cause I think it could, I think it could be quite telling, but after we saw against Blackpool, Albion's fitness levels weren't great. So Um, Maybe I'll make it a bit more even, but fingers crossed it makes a difference.
2: Well, yeah, but just quickly to to that point, I think there is a theory to say that Wolves are better when they have games in a short space of time, as as crazy Mm -hmm. as that is. Um, For large parts of last season, of course, they had the uh, Europa League and Thursday Sunday, Thursday Sunday, pretty much every week, and um, there seemed to be a pattern when they actually had a week. Or a week and a half to kind of think about things that there may be actually overthought things a little bit and and kind of got out of that rhythm. Um, it's been been you know I think the argument could go the other way a little bit more this season, but um, you know having having uh, a quite a set number of games in a, in a short amount of time is something that Wolves are, are accustomed to by now really, and I, I don't think you know if if you. If it was to come to it and they didn't perform well against Albion, I don't think they'd be, you know, using that as a as an excuse. Mm. Yeah, that's
1: very fair. I mean, I forget you you've been in the Europa League for a long time, haven't you? And you, you've juggled that for. So yeah, Wolves players are going to be more than fine with it, aren't they? I
2: think I think so. I think so. And I mean, it's a it's a, it's a small squad anyway. I mean, we'll have to see what happens on the injury front, but it's it's a way of working that they. are that they're used to and ultimately I think the big thing that it comes down to is quality and if Wolves apply themselves in the way that they should then you know they they should come away with, with the points really.
0: Yeah and that kind of leads on to, to the the almost the penultimate point anyway. I was going to ask you each to pick out one player who could be a real difference maker for for, for obviously the side that you cover so uh, Massie do you want to get a started with Albion who do you think has got to be the man to stand out for the Baggies?
1: um <clears throat> well i am gonna say robert snodgrass mm. simply because um people listening to this podcast in full we probably need to make clear that we've actually done our podcast haven't we when they're now speaking to joe but we're putting yeah. him we're putting <laughs> him up earlier in the um podcast because he deserves headline billing but um <laughs> i do see this as um it has to be. It has to be the start of a new era for for Albion. This game has to be the start of a new era. But an era had to end when Jake Livermore essentially had a team meeting on the pitch at Blackpool, um, where I'm very, very confident. He told them that this isn't good enough and it has to stop right now. Um, and things have got to improve drastically. Um, and Snodgrass is the first man through the door. Under Allardyce. he is gonna. He is gonna. He's gonna give. Ev- he's gonna give absolutely everything, but he is gonna supply the ammunition that Allardyce's team needs. He is gonna be great from set plays. He is gonna be great from corners. He is gonna be <clears throat> whipping balls into the box, hopefully for strikers to get on the end of, which Albion just haven't had enough of this season. Um, he so he is a he is a signature signing because he's the first one through the door, and he's a signature signing because he does represent what Albion hopefully will be or will improve to be during the last during the remainder of the season, so, I've got no doubt, it will start, there's absolutely no doubt, they need his experience, Albion are so naive, they're so, so naive, and they're so easy to play against, they need, his grit, his organisation, his character, his bat, his like, hunger for the fight really, um, and look, <clears throat> the truth is, we've seen in an awful lot of games, Albion are not going to dominate the ball, on, on Saturday, I know Wolves don't tend to really dominate the ball either, but, Wolves will have more possession. Albion will sit deep. They will try and hit them on the counter-attack. They will basically play for set-pieces and, and, and opportunities to win, and it's going to be the first first chance for Snodgrass to send those balls in. Um, so, for me, he, he, he is, he's our key man now.
0: He's the key man. And what about Wolves, Joe? He's going to be the key man um, at
2: Molyneux for you guys? I think Adama Traore, right? Um, mm. And, you know, he's a player that... <laughs> is he's, he's an anomaly really he's 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 completely different really to anything else that's that's in the league He can be very frustrating at times but against um, against Brighton on on New Year's he was he was kind of showing that something of the level that we saw last season he was a real menace in that game and then against Palace he was the match winner and undoubtedly you know that for me anyway the best player on the pitch so he seems to be finding the level of consistency again um you know, left back does seem to have been a, a problem position as well for Albion, and you know, I mean, whoever's marking him are, go- are going to come in for a tough time, I think. And, and, the, and Traore really is a player that he's, he's eager to prove a point. Um, a lot of players have agreed contract extensions at Wolves this season. Traore was offered a contract extension; he's not agreed on it. Um, I think he wants you know a more prominent role in the team and. And injuries, I mean, mainly to Peden's to, to and of course Jimenez kind of factors in as well, means that he's a pretty much surefire starter now. And the onus is on him to, to really kind of replicate that level of last season and uh, really show his worth again. And uh, yeah, I, I think the big thing for him now is, is achieving that consistency because last season he was unplayable uh, for, for large spells this season. I think there was 28 different players that got booked in the Premier League for failing him, that was the only way to stop him. Just cynically hacking him down. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think Traore is the main one. Neto on the other flank on the left flank has been fantastic. Ball's his best player of the season um, so far, and obviously, just I know this is saying kind of free, but I, <laughs> Traore is the main one, but Nevers as well. Um, mm-hmm. Palace gave him so much time to to pick, to pick his passes out and to and to work his magic as he can in the middle of the park. If Albion are gonna kind of want to do anything in in, in this game, they've got to try and get close to him, because if the likes of Livermore or whoever it is in the live, in the middle of the park, if they let if they sit off Neves, you sit off him at your peril, because he will pick out a fifty yard pass on a sixpence. And um, yeah, if they let him get a hold of the game, then he'll completely outshine Albion's midfield could certainly be a
0: long day for Kieran Gibbs if uh if Adama is on it, isn't it? Um Right, let's finish up with uh, predictions from you both. And Mr Edwards, I'm gonna come straight back to you. Give me a match give me a score prediction.
2: Um I think it will be fairly fairly tight. Um Wolves haven't exactly been um, free scoring. Um and goals have been a problem. Um but I I do think that will still come away with a win. I think Albion will be set up very defensively. Wolves have struggled against teams that have sat off them before but these games against Palace have shown I think they're kind of working that out now and they've got players that can run at you if you sit off the likes of Traore, Samado, who had his best game actually in a Wolves shirt against Palace Mm. so um, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves I think he'll probably be a bit tight for first half maybe first half hour but I think they'll end up grinding out those goals and uh, seeing out the win
0: Okay, Um, Massey, any score prediction from you?
1: Just before I do, what formation do you think you're going to play, Joe? I think
2: four now. It seems like four is the is the. <clears> it, <throat> it depends if Bolly is back fit, um, but he's not he's not fit for 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 Everton. So I mean, he'd be touch and go for, for Albion. So whether you'd want to chuck him straight back in, so I, I think I think a four four three three is pretty much the system now. Four three
1: three, right? Okay. Um. Okay. My prediction is uh, I. It has to be an Albion win, and the reason why it has to be an Albion win is because if it isn't, I don't know. I don't know where we go from there. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm like, I, I'm I'm banking everything on this game. I really really am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, because I, it, it needs a drastic turnaround. It needs a massive morale boost. It needs a big, big, big result. And and time's running out, and <clears throat> things are getting worse. Um, things are getting worse. That Albion have been absolutely spanked. Um, in the last two home games, they've been gone and got beat by Blackpool. They have to turn it around for me. They have to. Um, so I am going to say Wolves nil, Albion
0: one. Right, how about that? And just just to balance things up, I'll go for a creditable one-all draw. <laughs> oh, um, talk
1: about oh, what a shocker. <laughs> uh,
0: you know me, mate. Um, right, Joe, um, an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. As always, great insight into walls hopefully you're not too happy over the weekend but um it should be it should be an entertaining one nonetheless
2: yeah cheers boys i will see you at uh, i'll see you at molyneux
1: see you at molyneux
0: all right great stuff uh let's go on to questions shall we joe uh
1: yes do it mate do it enjoy
0: that let's do it let's do it let's do it okay first one Uh, who am I picking who am I kicking Daniel Tudge a man who helps us out with uh, some of our post-match video work by the way uh, asks how can we bribe Wolves to keep the score down I
1: think we already have by um, Conor Gallagher getting his yellow card um, against Arsenal so he's suspended it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of the deal Um, nah we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna be (laughs) alright (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm loving the confidence. You know, we, we put the tweet out asking for questions, and there were three or four of that kind of um, that kind of nature. Just like, please, just please let it be respectable. I tell you what, <clears> as, as you said though, if they go and, and if they win, I mean, what what a statement, and you know, what a what a, a foundation to build on that would be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's weird. i I've been I've been so confident going into two games this season. There's been two games and I thought we are winning tonight. We are winning. They were Fulham away and Leeds at home, which tells you everything you need to know about me and football. And there was two games where I really, really thought we were going to get absolutely trounced. Well, three, actually. Um, And they were Tottenham at home, which obviously ended up 1-0 narrow loss. Um, Liverpool away. And yep. I did think we'd get smashed by Arsenal. What well, about uh, City? I, yeah, I thought probably thought I probably went there. I yeah, think we get smashed there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not against having a little less optimis- optimism. If you know what I mean for the Wolves game. Um, but yeah, I I just think if I was if I was one of those players in that. Huddle that Livermore made after Blackpool, I would be thinking, we really, really, really owe the fans something. We mm. really do. We really, really do. um And like, if Wolves win, my phone's going to be flooded with messages on Sunday and Saturday night. All Albion's fans' phones are going to be flooded with messages from Wolves fans they know on Saturday night. Like, things are bad enough. Like, we don't deserve that. Um, so this is a massive opportunity. Massive opportunity to win back some favour and to put some pride back um, into the team. Um, so that's my hope. I hope that motivation will, will, will kick them on to getting a result. I really, really do.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed um, they they can do. Uh, I had a great message um, after the last podcast from a lad called James Clark who listens to the the Baggies broadcast. And um, it came after when we were saying how much we enjoyed people listening to the podcast and we had that great email. He decided to send a message. He listens from New Zealand, believe it or not. Oh,
1: wow. Um,
0: And uh, according to his Twitter bio, I don't know how much truth there is in this. He's a speedboat designer. So if he ever wants to hook me up with a free speedboat, I'm all up (laughs) for it um but he also uh he also had a question to ask if um if i can find it here we go uh do chelsea have a recall option on gallagher because he's worried that they could exercise it and gallagher could be on his way back
1: so the honest answer is i don't know um and and allardyce has been asked but he didn't really answer the question in terms of he said well he did answer it he said he did he said he didn't know he said he just got his feet under the door and he was waiting to speak to Frank Lampard and it would and it would go from there. I I am ninety nine percent sure Gallagher does have a recall, mm-hmm. and I'm ninety percent sure he'll stay anyway. Um, I really don't see why. If you were going to recall him, they probably would have done it by now. They probably wouldn't have. Um, let him play against Arsenal and also let him play in the f a Cup, because imagine but the reason why we can say with a lot of certainty um, that Gallagher will have a recall is because basically every loan now does there's very few loans that don't yeah, and, and two, he had one last season. You have to remember that he went on loan to Charlton, Chelsea recalled him from that loan and then sent him to Swansea, yeah, so you'd you'd wonder why Chelsea would think it was better to do it differently this time around. I mean, he is an incredibly, incredibly, well, he's, he's one of the brightest prospects in English football, I'd say. Hmm. So there wasn't, there's no way Chelsea would risk um, him joining Albion, falling out of favour with the manager and not kicking a ball for a year. They would have had to have something in place to say that if that, and the unlikely event that happened, they could get him out in January. Um, <clears throat> so, I really think there will be a recall. But I think the fact he's been involved in every game this month shows that Chelsea are more than happy um, for him to stay. From what we gather, he's really happy to stay. He's really enjoying it. And he is getting everything you could possibly want from the loan, really. Look, it's not... I
0: mean, he's playing week in, week out.
1: He's, he, he's, pl- he, he's playing week in, week out, but football and it's not great to say it but football's all about disappointments Um and and let's be honest he's getting a lot of disappointment at Albion He, he he's learning a lot of lessons on the field and off the field Um, be, everyone's happy when things are going well of course they are but <clears throat> if Albion was seventh now having taken the Premier League by storm don't get me wrong that would be great for Gallagher but I don't know. Like he, he's, he's still learning valuable lessons now. Um, so I think, and and the thing is, if they weren't going to let him stay, why would you play him in the FA Cup? Because
0: yeah,
1: with the greatest respect, he's oh, if he if he if they recall him, he's only going to a club higher in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore there's a high chance they'll still be in the FA Cup. So it wouldn't be fair, really, to. If they got to the semi final say for him not to be involved because he played against Blackpool for Albion. Um, so yeah, I think we can all say with a great, a good deal of confidence that Gallagher will be staying for the season.
0: Makes sense, uh, all Albion fans. What would be your team slash formation for the weekend? Uh. Blimey. How would you go? Would you go
1: 4-5-1? Yeah. I always like to know how the opposition are going to line up, but we don't know Wolves at the minute, do you? Cause
0: they've, they've they've chopped mm. and changed between that, that I 3-4-3 mean, three, three and that 4 at the back.
1: So my team would be Johnston in goal, Furlong at right back, Ajay and O'Shea centre-backs.
0: Yeah. Gibbs,
1: Gibbs at left back has to be if Townsend's not fit. Um, Probably go. um, Pereira on the right. A midfield free of. um, Oh, hang on. No, I'll go... <clears throat> I'll go... Oh, I'll go Snodgrass on the right, based on what you've told me.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd go for.
1: Midfield three of... Um, Livermore. Yeah. Pereira.
0: Yeah. Chowdhury. Oh! Oh! Dropped a little bombshell oh. there, haven't I? Oh! Um,
1: <laughs> um, Dean Garner on the left, or Robinson? Should I go Robinson? Robinson on the left.
0: It's kind of
1: threatened. A new, new centre-forward, mate.
0: Chowdhury and a new centre-forward in by the game. <laughs> I hope so. I, I mean, really i have Dean Garner so. and Robinson, but that, that's me. If they sign a new striker, then brilliant. Uh, I'm not sure if that happens, though. I mean, you know more than me. but If they don't
1: sign um, a new striker, then... Um, then Dean Garner and Robinson, obviously. But if they I do, do know about
0: you, but just that, just them couple other names, just just the, the fact that you said Childer and the fact that Snodgrass is in there, it, it lifts me a little bit. Is it lifter? Yeah.
1: Right, you actually talking about lifting? Here we go. Here we go. You putting out your tweets. I don't know. Where, I don't know if it, it was your brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tweet or whatever it was, but you, someone pointed out to me. Thank you. You kept saying we're again.
0: No, no, because I'm saying at the game, because I said we're level. Like, it's like the commentator would say, oh, we're level at one all. Absolute I'm not saying we as are level, I'm saying lies. we as a collective at the game are no, level. I
1: shouldn't swear, but that is absolute. Press the beat button. That is absolute. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you have had time to think of that absolute nonsense nah, you know it I oh shut up mate keep lying oh, to yourself if you want but that's absolutely ridiculous
0: unbelievable unbelievable um i can't you've i've lost my train of thought now um richard downing what was big sam asked about the huddle at the end on saturday
1: well he wasn't asked because he wasn't asked he wasn't asked it's not asked. It wasn't asked. There we go. Um, I didn't ask any questions. I couldn't get on. I was struggling with my Zoom link.
0: It you was a nightmare as well. We had we had um who was it, Sky. Literally, we were right under the um that they built like a scaffolding thing to do the camera and uh the gantry, that's the word I'm looking for. And they were like they were lowering this camera and honestly, it was the squeakiest little pulley system they could have ever created.
1: Yeah, it was awful noise. It was horrible noise, wasn't it?
0: Uh, Yeah, it was absolutely abysmal. And I should have seen some of the press box say we're not happy. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it was a bit of a nightmare. The Zoom Zoom press conferences in general, they're they're very hit and miss, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Aaron 2, WBA, he's kind of, I mean, it's kind of answered already. Is it likely there'll be an incoming before the Wolves game? You seem to think there might be two.
1: Well, I hope there's two. Hopeful. Yeah
0: uh clint mccormick uh was it reported which two players missed out on saturday due to covid um
1: not not reported um and everyone's entitled everyone who gets it is entitled to anonymity so it's not really fair to speculate um
0: yeah we don't we like we don't go out and just kind of say this person has it this person doesn't it's down to them if they want to it's the same with anyone else, really. If you wanted to say that you've got COVID, then you can say, um, but it wouldn't be fair for for someone to say, "Oh, he's got it."
1: Yeah, or I think yeah, it hasn't been confirmed. I mean, we're allowed to ask the question, like the like the person who's asking the question. But if but if a club say we've got two cases, you sort of have to leave it there, really. You can't really say who, because. That is just the rules; they're entitled to confidentiality. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Dan WBA, any idea what type of a broad striker we are looking at? Young, old, target man? Question mark.
1: I'd imagine it'd be a target man type, um, because Albion haven't really got one, have they? I as suppose as you can mm. argue that how Robson-Kanu isn't away, um, but not a not a traditional sort of strung in the air. He's not scoring ten goals a season with his head, is he? Um, yeah type player so i think that's the type of player it'll be in what
0: terms do of
1: they need they need a sell rondon yeah yeah rondon yeah that'd be perfect wouldn't it um it's uh, in terms of age profile anything like that um i i think that's out the window now um it's about finding the striker that sam believes can score the goals to essentially keep the club in the premier league the They've lowered the age. That was one of um, Dowling's big things: getting the getting the age of the um, squad down. But look, no, they've just signed Robert Snodgrass. Affair. 30, he's thirty-three. Yeah. Um, everything's about survival now. Um, I said it last week. There is really no long-term plan. I think it'd be. I think we. Everyone knows that it'd be it'd be doing everyone a disservice to say there was. Um, it's just about somehow getting over the line and keeping. And staying up, which is what we think is worth about £60 million. So, an um, awful lot of money.
0: That's it. Um, Pat Frost, there's no experience in either squad of the Black Country slash Staff- Staffordshire Derby. Do you think this will take anything away from the game? And then it's added to by John Francis, who says there's no fans either.
1: Yeah, um, you do wonder, don't you, um, how much it will mean to <clears throat> a lot of players uh i mean obviously we' a lot to remain sawyers um um but it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier really like that it's got it's there are no derbies in football at the minute because of there are no fans really that's the truth of it um <clears throat> that has sort of gone by the wayside a little bit but i do like <clears throat> sorry my throat is really bad um i, I do think it. don't you worry um I, like I said, I do think the players need to... They know it's a derby because everyone's talking about it and obviously it's literally two minutes down the road. Um, they know this is going to mean everything to Albion's fans and it's come after Blackpool. I know I know all those things I've just said apply to Villa. I know they do. Right. And we got beat 3-0 at home to Villa. I'm not... But what what I'm saying is there has to be a reaction after Blackpool. There has to be. And... Everyone likes to be liked. Everyone likes to be in favour. Everyone likes to be told, given praise on social media and told they're good and to be like flavour of the month and popular again. So, Albion's players, unless they're stupid, will know that beating Wolves is a massive chance to do that more than any other game. If if I said to every Albion fan now, I'm guaranteeing you a 2-0 win at the weekend. Who do you want it to come against? Wolves or Southampton? Every single one of them would pick Wolves.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure
1: so it's it's like it does mean more so players <laughs> will know that, so they they just need to like use that really to really sort of motivate them and try and get themselves back in favor because everyone's a bit like you see the comments on Twitter, and people are actually like exasperated yeah like its they've they've had enough of the season already, um um. That's a real shame, really. It's a real, real, real shame. I think, like back to that video, I think about it quite often. Actually, it's a bit sad, really. But remember when Filip Korinovich rejoined and Mateus Pereira announced him? Yeah. There was such a feel-good factor around the club then. Yeah. That felt great. I love that video. Um, it's all gone now. Uh and yeah. this this will do. This will go some way to to getting it back a little bit, and. That's why it matters. It's got, to, it's got to matter to these players that this is a derby at the weekend. It's got to.
0: Definitely does. Uh, last question comes from Simon Harris. Are you looking forward to the food at Wickham away next season?
1: I don't know where Wickham, Wickham are in the championship, actually.
0: They are. They are. Yeah. They went up last season. Um, no, I know, they're in, the cha- I know they're
1: in the championship, but I don't know where they are in the championship. Of course I know they're in the championship, but I follow Jason McCarthy's career everywhere he goes. <laughs>
0: Of course you do. Um where are they in the championship old Wickham Wanderers? Uh rock bottom twenty four, fifteen points. Oh, four man. from no more than four from safety actually. Um, Chase. It's not going well for him, mate. It's not going well. Um but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh you never know, we might turn it around just yet, Simon. So um keep the fingers crossed, look forward. You never know what happens on the weekend. Um, if they go and beat Wolves 3-0 then all of a sudden everything's looking awfully bright and shiny even though they still be in the drop zone um, right, just about does us, Joe pleasure, mate uh, many thanks for, for Mr. Joe Edwards for joining us as well it was a delight to have him on uh, but from me and from Mr. Massey now uh, a fond farewell fingers crossed we're talking about a big old Derby Day win this week oh,
1: let's do it please please beat him. Please, please be. him.
0: Oh, we'd love it. We'd love it. Right. From me, from Joe, fond farewell.